Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than six years now. I have six children using CTC math, and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and for providing quality math lessons for my children. So friends, if you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz and with me on the line is a very special treat, well at least to me, and that is Meredith Curtis. And um, I am so excited because we were doing a monthly podcast together and our lives have just been so busy uh, that we have finally reconnected. So welcome, Meredith. Oh, Felice, I'm so excited to be here again, and it was really nice to get a chance to visit and catch up, and I'm really looking forward to talking about um, do's and don'ts of curriculum. Yeah, and so we've both been longtime homeschoolers. We've both graduated our children, and so I think between us, we have many, many years of experience. Before we get started, (laughs) I want to really highly recommend you look at all of the books that Meredith has written, you can find them at Powerline Prod, and that's P-O-W-E-R-L-I-N-E-P-R-O-D.com, and, um, and she also has a blog at MeredithCurtis.com, and Meredith is a wealth of information, and we used many of her books in our home school, and then I also uh, want you to take a look at um, MediaAngels.com. Um, There you'll find links to our podcast network, this one, uh, the Ultimate Christian Podcast, Ultimate Christian Podcast Network is one of them, and this one's Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Um, We've just changed the name. I have not changed it in the intro yet, um, but uh, it's going to take some getting used to the word podcast um, being put in there. Um, But we want people to find us, and they're looking for podcast network and saying they can't find us. So we had a name change, but, um, and also look at the Media Angels curriculum. You can find um, books if you want print version on Amazon, and if if you want digital, go to MediaAngelsMembership.com, and there you'll find um, lots of goodies. Well, we are going to talk about the do's and don'ts, and as usual, um, Meredith and I, we have dovetailed, she did a do, and I did a don't, so I will let you um, (laughs) go first. Okay. That's so funny. We always um, talk so much about 
um, through our homeschooling, and I know Felicia's been the same thing, is we've just covered so much in prayer because we know that the Lord loves our children more than we do, and he has a plan mm-hmm. for their education, and we want to participate in his plan and not just go off and making our own plan um, apart from him. And so my number one do is do pray because um, so many times I'm just off making all these decisions and realize, oh, I haven't prayed yet. And, and you know, I set some time apart to pray. And then I come up with things I've never thought of before or consider things I had just written off. And so I just highly recommend asking the Lord what his will is for the curriculum for the coming year. That's wonderful. And my don't was also don't buy before you pray. So that's why we were laughing. (laughs) And, um, you know, I'm going to, I'll share with you a little bit later, more detail if you're a new homeschooler. But um, one of the things that I did when I first started was I just went and bought a bunch of books and workbooks. I was a teacher after all. So I thought, oh, you know, I've got this. I've got one student instead of a classroom full and I can handle it. And um, I found that was a major fail for our year, which really it wasn't looking back because I had my son home in a safe environment and my daughter as well. And they did learn in spite of me. And so I did pray. And one of the things when we went for evaluation, this lady handed me a Konos book and Konos is still around. Um, They're more organized than they were back when we were doing it. But it was this mega book and it was based on unit studies, based on character. And I looked at it and I thought to myself, you have got to be kidding me. This, <laughs> is so, this would be so much work. But the more I looked through it, the, it was like a seed planted. And, um, you know, who would have known that the lady who was evaluating my children at the end of the year would be my answer to prayer. And a lot of times people will say to me, Meredith, and I know you've heard it as well, is that, gosh, gosh, the Lord doesn't talk to me, or I pray, and he never answers me. Well, he does, and he answers us always in so many different and unique ways. And I felt that this was an answer to my prayers, because you know I went on to write creation unit studies, and unit studies became a very big part of our homeschool curriculum um, for so many years. Um, and so, you know, he answered it through this other lady of faith who God must have prompted her, hey, you know, as you're evaluating her 342 books here and workbooks and worksheets and notebooks, you know, maybe give her something else that she might want to pray about for this next year. Uh, so oh. uh, we, isn't that funny? And I love did, that. Yeah, we did Conus co-ops uh, for several years with these supercharged mommies that were, um, you know, some of when I think of some of the unit studies we did, they were a little bit over the top. Um, <laughs> so we were all very gung ho, but uh, like we studied weather and my kids made weather instruments. All the kids made their own. And then they had to give a weather presentation like they were a newscaster complete with you know green screen in the back (laughs) so just like and this is back when movie cameras were like huge monstrosities thing you know monster things on a tripod and I had one of the kids manning the video and I think they're still around here on VHS somewhere (laughs) but um yeah yeah. you know what that makes me think of when when I started homeschooling um there were some mommies in our church that did the Konos um 
you know, co-ops too. And I remember thinking, that's just too much. I could never do that. And yet a few years later, I was doing my own unit studies. So I think it's interesting how our curriculum choices change as we grow more Mm -hmm. confident as homeschooling moms and teachers. And it's interesting because sometimes we're attracted by something, but we think, oh, wow, that's too overwhelming. I could never do it. And yet three or four years later, we're using that exact curriculum. So one of the things that um, I think of when you're, when you're studying curriculum is do like realize that you are going to grow and change and develop as a teacher and a, an educator because mm-hmm. um, just as like you grow as a mom. So um, that's one of the neat things about curriculum. So if you're, you know, attracted to a curriculum, check it out and look it over. It doesn't mean it's time to buy it now, but it could be a choice down the road. Right. And if you are a subscriber to the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network this month, the month of March, Um, You will get a printable for free that I believe is like over 70 pages. I tried not to make it as long, Um, but it is all about buying homeschool curriculum, evaluating it, looking at the beginning, middle, and end of the year. There are different evaluations you would do, and that's, I think, your second do, Meredith, was evaluating um, what what you want to buy. So why don't you share that? I would love to, because one of the things I did, and everyone laughed at me when my kids were, um, you know, all through really high school, is at the end of the year, I would begin with, at at the end of the school year, I would look at all their stuff, and then I would kind of look back over the year, and I would actually write an evaluation for each child, and what went well for them, what they really took ground in, what they really enjoyed learning about, and then what was a real challenge, where they needed to grow. And I did this with their character, with their academics. And it wasn't like long pages. It was, it was pretty short, like a couple of paragraphs, maybe two at the most. But what happened was I got in this habit of examining, like looking back and saying, this worked this didn't work. And it, it really helped me to do that with curriculum because sometimes a curriculum is amazing, but the learning styles of your children or the lifestyles of your family, it just doesn't fit in well with that. And so as, as I've evaluated how curriculums work, I've kind of learned what works in our family and doesn't work. And so I'll literally tell people sometimes, I think this is the best curriculum out there, but this is what I use in my home. And I explain why, because, you know, that best product out there, and I've seen it work in so many homes, it just doesn't work in our home because of different things. So um, when you end a year by looking back, at your curriculum, how it worked with your your family, and you do that year after year, you'll begin to see what kinds of curriculum really fit in with your family and what things really work with different children. Some curriculums I use with all five of my children, but a lot of times I had to switch curriculums with a different child. So, um, you know, 
that that is just a big thing with curriculum is look back. Don't just look forward and, oh, I've, you know, because sometimes this is what I run into a lot is people will say, I just got to find the perfect curriculum. I've just got to, you know, I've just got to figure out if, if we just switch curriculums, everything will be fine. And then they come to the end of the year and or the mid-year and they're wanting to switch again. And sometimes things don't work because not because of the curriculum, but just maybe how you're organizing your school week or how you're scheduling your day or things like that. So there are other factors in when things don't work, but um, always, you know, just be kind of introspective with that, with the curriculum thing, because it can really help in the future making wise choices. Oh, I agree. And also, um, there is no perfect curriculum. Let's just admit it. Um, there's right. going to either be something where your child, you know, my kids didn't have meltdowns just because they were not permitted. <laughs> um, and they may have had them, but, you know, I didn't deal with that kind of thing and would just say, you know, if, if, if it's difficult, you know, that means you're learning. I'd have these little sayings, you know, the Italian in me, my father always had sayings about everything, but, you know, um, you know, Italians live to eat, Americans eat to live. So just like, you know, I grew up with all these things. And, and so, I, you know, if it's difficult, that means you're learning. If it's easy, what does that mean? That means we already know it, Mommy. Yes, so let's continue on. You know, so I'm giving kids a handle on... I said, okay, we are not doing that again. And um, and so you've got to look at it. And even though, like, for us, co-ops were fabulous, I still felt that, you know, we had to, you know, look at these things and make decisions based on what was going to work for our family. Um, right. Secondly, for us, for me anyway, it was just because someone doesn't love something doesn't mean it necessarily will work for you. And so keep that in mind. You know, Meredith, I loved how you shared why you liked a curriculum and, you know, allowed people to make that decision. Uh, so you've got to be able to make a decision yourself and decide if it's going to work with your kids. So you're going to look at a lot of things. Um, you know, we can't always cater to our kids' learning styles, but if your kids are academically struggling, that is very important. I remember one year where we spent a lot of time reading because I always did that. Well, child. me reading to him if I had known that I would have given him a book to follow along and then he would have gotten 100 mm. percent so I realized that mid-year and I'm thinking oh my gosh he's got like an auditory processing issue here that we need to work on so that was my background with learning disabilities in in college and so I was able to address these things get him help with me helping him and taking a break from me just reading to him and then always having him follow along in a book if I was reading. Let's just listen to audiobooks. Well, that wasn't going to work with him. So right. know where your kids are. Don't feel bad if you can't identify it and you need to get outside help or you know, um, if you figure it out mid-year, I mean, here I am with, you know, the certification and degree in elementary ed and, and early childhood and could teach K-12 and, 
I didn't see it in my own child. So, mm. you know, it, 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 um, it's not something to beat yourself up about, but just to learn and move on. Um, and then I'm going to address brand new homeschooling, but you had some great ideas about looking at curriculum and samples. Oh, yes. Do look at curriculum when you go to um, conventions. Handle the curriculum. Pick it up and look at it and, you know, talk to other people there, especially if you're buying the curriculum from the creator of the curriculum. They probably created that curriculum like all my curriculum I created for my children. And so you can find out why they created it and what, what's their worldview um, behind everything. And then a lot of times online, you can download a sample of a curriculum. And I love that because you can download a sample lesson or a sample chapter. You can sit down and read it out loud with your child or sit down and work through the lesson. And just in the actual working through of the lesson, it's so helpful. So that's something that I have really used a lot, and I know others have, and it's been, oh, wow, this looks so awesome. But then when we sit down and do the lesson, it's just, you know, it, it really kind of doesn't fit with us. And so, and like Felice said, there's no perfect curriculum, but there's so many good ones out there. Like literally, I could fill my home with every curriculum you know, because they're all so good and they're so wonderful. So you always do have to make a choice. You can do a lot with a small budget and you don't always have to spend a lot of money to find a good curriculum. You can find all kinds of, you can even find free curriculum that people have written and they have on these websites and, you know, you kind of have to scout around and ask, but, those yeah if you are struggling there are there are really ways that you can um you know get some things and I just my biggest thing with that though Meredith is how much money did you spend on printing it out (laughs) so that is true that is very true yes it, it turns out into this nightmare and then um you know some of the newer stuff I've seen I have been less than impressed with but you're right like a lot of our stuff we had um which I don't have on the new website, which reminds me, I really need to get on there. Um, another thing just along those same lines is to um, join their email list. Cause I know, you know, Meredith has one, I have one, and then you get to know the publisher, you can get to know their heart, you understand, you know, where they're coming from. And that's really important. Um, so my third point is if you're a brand new homeschooler, don't try to do too much at once. Like the fact that I felt like, I kind of had a failed year with my all my um, textbooks and workbooks and everything because we switched to a unit study approach, but it really wasn't because it was a way to get my feet wet. So start with some canned curriculum, you know, is what I, I call, you know, books and workbooks, you know, and start small. I mean, there are, there are workbooks you can get in every subject area, and then you can supplement that, you know, with character and Bible and you know, crafts and music and and that kind of thing. If your kids are older, like let's say you're pulling them out of middle school or high school, um, there are people like we have um, one of our podcasters on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. 
um, actually has a consulting service with homeschoolers and they are, um, I'm going to look it up. It's the homeschool high school podcast. I always want to call it the high school homeschool. I, I want to switch those two. So um, it, they're an organization known as the seven sisters and there's only six of them and you're the seventh one. Um, and it's Sabrina, Vicki, and Kim. They're so cute. I met Vicki and Kim at a blogger convention one time, and they are the real thing. And when I met them, I said, you've got to come on the network and have a podcast because you guys are just adorable. Um, so they do help people with homeschool curriculum, and um, they're, they're all graduated homeschool moms. I'm not sure about Sabrina, but I know for sure Kim. Um, and Vicki both are another podcast on the network that is wonderful and that will help you uh, with selecting, um, you know, something that is right for your family. And then your next one, Meredith, was, um, you know, do make sure that your curriculum is, is Christ-centered and, and agrees with your worldview. Why don't you share more about that? Yeah, and this is so true in the early grades because so much, you know, Moses lived with his mom in the time that it took for him to be nursed and weaned. And once he was weaned, he went to the palace of Pharaoh, but there was enough instilled in his heart that later he chose to forsake the riches of the Egyptians and follow God. And so those early years are critical with teaching the truth from a Christ-centered perspective, especially when it comes to creation and it comes to Jesus being the only way and things like that, so that your children are getting it into their hearts when they're very young that this is the truth and this is, you know, the Bible is true. We can trust the Bible. And when there's a contradiction between what experts say and the Bible says, we go with the Bible. And um, so that's, so when they're very little, I basically only use um, Christian curriculum and I do like use picture books from the library and stuff, but I always read them first. And if there's any kind of hint, of something I disagree with, I just don't check it out and I don't read it to my children. Now, you know, some people think, oh, that's too much, but that just was very important to me that my children could trust the Lord and lay a foundation. Now, as they get older, sometimes we'll use something that's secular, especially if it doesn't have, you know, if something's secular but doesn't have anything that contradicts a Christian worldview, then that you know, that can be fine. I, I love though, like if I chose for my younger kids between a secular math book and a Christian, I would use the Christian because the one I used talked about missionaries going overseas and going to church and all those kind of things. So they were like supporting what I was doing in my children, even though it was math. But when the, when you get to older years, that is when you start exposing children to worldviews that contradict the Christian worldview, but not just exposing to them like, oh, here's what they think, but here is what they think, but here is what the Bible says, and let's talk about this, and, you know, mm -hmm. and let's work through this. So, um, and then when it comes to curriculum, your best, best, best bet is classic living books, and I've, you know, I use almost 
all living books for my curriculum. And, um, and I think that's your absolute best investment. But again, with books, sometimes people think, oh, well, it's, you know, it's an old book, it's going to be wholesome. But that's not true. Because our Western culture goes back to the ancient Greeks, ancient Romans, and the Old and New Testament, the, the Jews and the Christians. So we've got truth on the one hand, but we also have paganism on the other hand. And some of those ancient Greek books, they're as dirty as you could ever imagine. And mm-hmm. people just sort of skim them and they don't, they don't realize that. So all that to say, think about what you're buying and ask, ask yourself, is this, does this line up with a Christian worldview? If it doesn't line up with a Christian worldview, then how am I going to address that with my children so that they are not deceived by the enemy? Because one of the things that troubles me as a mom and a pastor's wife is how many homeschooled graduates have, you know, wandered from the faith. Now, Felice and I are so grateful that all our children love the Lord. But if you went back into our homes and saw how we raised our children, we were not messing around. And we taught our children that God is the creator. We taught our children that the Bible is true. We had Bible studies with our children. We used the Christ-centered curriculum. We taught our children to defend the faith. So I just share all that to say, um, when you go, the homeschooling market has a lot of Christian um, publishers out there like Media Angels and my company, Powerline Productions, and all kinds of great Christian companies. But there's a lot of secular ones too. And you can't always recognize what's Christian and what's secular. So when I'm shopping on different websites, I always go to their about page and try to find out more about them and see if they have a statement of faith and what they do believe about the Bible, what they do believe about creation and other things. So um, I hope, you know, that doesn't sound overwhelming to you. When no, you hear it's this. important. No, it's important because I remember a friend of mine um, whose son at the first, you know, year of college was swayed by evolutionary thought and she um, and I were really good friends and she knew about my curriculum and knew about my novels and um, she'd even written this amazing Bible study that had been printed by a, you know, mega publisher. And um and so he was swayed by evolution doubt Christianity was even true. And I looked, mm-hmm. you know, looked at her and said, you didn't use, you know, a creationist perspective or you didn't teach. She goes, oh, I thought he already knew all that. So she never oh. even taught it as a subject or even went over it. I mean, my kids, of course, cut their eye teeth on this stuff and they're walking, talking, counter-evolutionary people, you know, depending on their class and their situation. You know, Christina went head on with her professor and was asked to come to the office because she was able to dispute um, carbon-14 dating, but she also co-authored the Truth Seekers Mystery Series with me. And so she knew all about, you know, C12 and C14. And and, um, whereas this other little girl goes, well, I wish I could bring my parents here because, you know, we're Christians and they could (laughs)
234, because we are on podcast 334, um, I know I've shared this before in one of my podcasts, was that this teacher and his wife ended up coming to Christina's wedding years later. But oh, wow. you know, she, won, she won him over. And he basically said, you're right. You know, um, even talked about carbon argon dating and she could refute that. And he said, you are right, but let's not take up class time doing it. So she had to respect that. But she had so many kids who wanted to know more. And they came to our house, Meredith. And at that point, Jill Whitlock um, was my co-author on the Creation Science Series and was a creation scientist. And we had a big event at my house, you know, where all these college kids came to ask more questions. And Jill just answered their questions. And it was delightful, and it was so wonderful, and that's what came out of that. Um, so your kids need, just don't expect that they know just because you think they know. You know, um, right. it's important Absolutely. for them to articulate it. And then for me, character and Bible is important. You know, is your, is your curriculum focused on your worldview, which dovetails perfectly into Meredith? And so that's going to lead us to um, your last point which I am looking here. Um, I don't even know where it, what it, where it went, Meredith. <laughs> I thought I wrote it down. What's your well, I on? will say this. Do enjoy yourself when you study okay. and when you use curriculum because um, one of the things that I was noticing about my daughter because I, you know, when I, I, I'll stop over to the house on Fridays and I'll give the little boys a bath and then we all go work out together at the Y. And so sometimes if Kate's not feeling well, she'll just stay home and have some mommy time. But, um, sometimes I'll get there and I'll just be quiet as a mice, a mouse. <laughs> and watch her homeschool her kids and she's so upbeat and she's so positive and she'll say let's do this and let's and I remember that I was like that all the time I would say oh we get to do I would teach my children that learning is fun doing school is fun and so I looked for curriculum that kind of it in that for me because that was a big thing for me so I looked for curriculum that That's had so bright colors and you know that had a lot of hands-on things and good books and you may not be that same kind of person right. so when you're thinking about curriculum think about curriculum that fits you because sometimes we can focus so much on our our students and what's best for them but the bottom line especially in all the early years is you have to teach it so you know there's certain things I think oh yeah I would I think that curriculum is awesome but I would get it and I would never really teach it the way they do because that's just not me but um, so you know look for something that when you pull that curriculum out and you're teaching your kids that you're going to enjoy it. Now, I realize you can't love everything, but at least it shouldn't be a burden or there's enough out there that you can find something that you would enjoy teaching. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's so good. And um, I used to be really excited about school and when we started teaching, um, Jeff came in one time because we have a long driveway. So by the time he got to the house and he'd park his truck further out just so it was easier to pull his truck and trailer out. And um, 
And so by the time he got to the house, the kids would go run out and walk him in. And now he doesn't pull the trailer. He can park his own truck right by the house. My other son has the trailer, but um, he would know everything we did that day. And so he comes in and he goes, really? They were excited about a pop quiz. He goes, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, today we are going to have a pop quiz. Doesn't that sound fun? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> we'll get a piece of paper and a pencil and we're gonna, I'm going to ask you five questions. Um, so the cute. last for me is, I just bring back memories, making me sad. Oh, gosh. Um, but the last for me is something, um, one of my little uh, soapbox, and that is giving kids time to think. I think so many times our children are so busy, they are um, overwhelmed. Somebody was posting something about some creepy um, thing, like when kids watch a video, it pops up. I don't know if you've heard about it. And it will tell kids to kill themselves of all things. And it's just, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's this freaky thing. It's called, um, I'm going to actually podcast about it. You'll have to look it up. Um, it's called M O M O Momo. Mm. And yeah, it's this horrible thing. Um, you know, which I'm sure is satanic in, in background, but when I was reading articles about it, cause I heard about it, um, it was saying, oh, well, my daughter already suffers from anxiety and she's in fifth grade or a five-year-old. And I'm thinking to myself, a five-year-old is suffering from anxiety. And I mean, yes, there could be things in your family history and whatever, but what are we doing to our children? We need to allow our children to play, to go outside and run. If you live in an apartment or somewhere that doesn't have a park, I'm sure there's a park nearby. You know, the the kids just need time to be a kid, to relax. I mean, I had a son who built these Lego things and made movies up until, you know, he was a, a teenager and his other siblings were trying to make him feel bad about it. And I would just immediately stop it and said, leave him alone and let him be a kid. Yes, he eventually outgrew it, you know, but... That allowed him, he learned all this techie stuff and behind the scenes stuff and he learned patience and he learned, you know, staging and lighting. And I mean, so much from this, this is a child that now wants to be an engineer. I mean, we don't allow our kids to sit back, you know, and, and really concentrate and think if you ask kids, you know, what they want to do, most of them go to college without a firm idea. Yes. I was going as a psych major and changed to education. That's going to happen. But you really need to, you know, spend some time in quiet, you know, um, allow the Lord to talk to you. How is he going to talk to you if we're talking and busy and engaged in games and, you know, and, and 500 different events that we're doing all the time? Because I know we... Right. We don't want our kids to miss out, right, Meredith? So they have to have lessons and they have to have karate and they have to be like our kids were involved in sports and on and on and on. And so I felt that as a homeschool mom, my job was to give them time to read really good things. If they wanted to read, you know, a fiction or whatever. Yeah. You know, just kick back and relax a little bit take yeah. the hammock, go outside, um, and just, you know, have that time because 
And mm-hmm. I've asked, why is that? You know, like my husband will come home and I'm in the house alone and the television is not on. You know, I could have it in the background running as, as I'm, you know, here alone, but I don't. And, and it just allows me time to think. It allows me time to regroup. And I think that's so important for us and, and for our children. Um, and so, you know, that's something I would encourage you. One other thing, um, I forgot to mention this earlier. This is episode 334. So you can find the show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. And um, the topic, as we've been sharing, um, is the do's and don'ts of buying homeschool curriculum. And Meredith, it has been such a pleasure to be with you today because you are such a wealth of um, information and inspiration for me. Um, It has been, um, you know, we've known each other for years now and have, um, you know, been friends. And it's just been such a blessing for me to um, you know, get your children's weddings and, and, you know, get to know you and your family better. And um, I, I really appreciate all you have done and done for the community. Guys, go visit MeredithCurtis.com. You will see book lists there. You will see all of the phenomenal things she's written as well as check out her uh, curriculum, which um, she has links on her website of where exactly you can buy that. So um, any last words, Meredith? Just that I feel exactly the same way about you, and I love that God brought us together as friends, and I love that for so many years that we have been ministering together and encouraging each other and encouraging other women, and, you know, we've watched our kids grow up together, and I just really hope that everyone listening has a, um, a friend that they are homeschooling together, whether their friend is near or far, and that you can share those ups and downs. And thanks again. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really blessed to be here. Well, thank you so much for sharing, because I know this is really helpful. Um, We're doing it way early. It's March right now, but um, I wanted people to have this information because it's as, again, a seed that's planted, you can think about it. This may not may not be buying curriculum until June or July or later. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't go to homeschool conventions anymore, but that's actually how we met. I was uh, doing a talk at our state convention, and um, I met Meredith uh, at one of my talks, um, or after one of my talks at my table. So little did we know that there was going to be this huge friendship. Um, that's how it worked out but um, and you know God provided again so um, anyway everyone take care God bless go to vintagehomeschoolmoms.com for all the links we were talking about and uh, it's episode 334 Uh, we'll we'll talk to you later and um, I hope this has been helpful bye-bye thanks for tuning in to the vintage homeschool mom show visit Felice at mediaangels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.